Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Hello and welcome to episode 57 of the Brew Hoop podcast. I am Riley Feldman. Again, as usual, if you're a longtime listener, if you're hearing me first, that usually means that Adam is gone as he's the intrepid introducer. But actually, the shoe is on the other foot this time around, because in a way, this is almost like episode zero. Uh, What we're doing here today is this new interview series that I kind of came up with. Makes it sound way more professional than it's actually going to be, but I'm hoping to sit down with all the different staff members at Brew Hoop, you know, especially current. Maybe we'll expand it and find past members and talk to them as well. But, you know, I wanted to get an idea because even within the group, you know, we only know so much about one another. So hopefully by sitting down with the different staff members talking about, you know, their path to the Bucks, their path to the sites, you know, kind of along those lines, we can get an idea of who it is that you are reading if you're a reader of Brew Hoop or listening to if you're listening to the podcast. And of course, it has to be my inaugural guest, it has to be site co-managing editor, Adam R. Paris. Adam, how are you today? I'm doing well, Riley. Thanks for uh, taking the lead on this. One of the things I'm most excited about this is, number one, to find out more about some of my you know, compatriots over at Brew Hoop. But then two, it's much less work for me, which it seems to almost always be my driving uh, initiative in life. So I, I want to thank you for taking this on. It's a cool, cool little venture. Also, after like the uh, what we what our last week's discussion devolved into, it was like we don't have a lot of fodder anymore. I'm sorry, folks. We just don't have basketball stuff for you. Yeah, it was the ultimate in the potpourri, which why why it's just why it felt appropriate that now is the time to bust this out because I've been thinking about it for a while. But yes, I think had there been any sort of meaningful news, we'd probably have Kyle here as well and we'd be doing our usual thing. But as everybody around the globe knows, it's not the case right now. So so you know. <laughs> This is as good an option as any. So um, I guess first, before we get going, uh, any updates over by you at all? I don't know if Philadelphia is beautiful today, just for everybody's sake. It's Sunday, what is it, the 26th of April. So uh, how are things in Philadelphia today? You know, it's been it, it's been cold and rainy today, which is which is fine. I've had this debate with my coworkers. I'm someone who prefers the the rainy days during the quarantine. Makes me feel better about having to be stuck inside. Uh, but, you know, things are kind of business as usual out here. Nothing really has been opening up too much. It's still sort of restaurants and whatever are, are closed. I'm pretty fortunate. I have a lot of places within walking distance of me that I can go and get get food from, you know, support locally, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, seems like the, the the curve has been flattened a little bit. Um, my, my wife is still doing good. You know, she's just going in fighting the good fight in her unit and everything. But, yeah, things are holding up uh, pr- pretty well in my world. What about you? pretty good so it's beautiful been beautiful this weekend in minneapolis my fiance and i we drove out to stillwater which for those who aren't you know accustomed to the local geography it's like a half hour northeast of uh minneapolis st paul because everything is closed right now there weren't exactly like a lot of the shops on downtown imagine like your typical like tourist trappy downtown on the mississippi river like town and that's what it was except they have a lift bridge which is cool i guess uh, so we went there, walked around, beautiful weather. So it's pretty nice up by us and similar to you guys. It's pretty much the same with everything's closed down. You know, I mean, we're trying our best to support local businesses as best we can, but 
it's not an ideal situation for anybody, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, I think what it's going to do is hopefully make the return of, in whatever form it happens to be, that much sweeter of basketball. And I think that's as good of a transition as I'm going to be able to come up with here off the top of my head into our discussion here. So, you know, I, I think for all these interviews, the way that I'm going to start is with the simple question, uh, why the Bucks? What, why are you a Bucks fan? I mean, were you born locally? Has your family, you know, been Bucks fans for a long time? What is it about the team that brought you to it? Yeah. So I grew up in south of Madison, Wisconsin, about 30 minutes south of there in a very, very small town. I think I've alluded to this before. I grew up on a dairy farm. So almost as uh, stereotypical as you can get for someone from Wisconsin. Uh, my dad was, my dad was always a huge, you know, huge badger, packer, brewer, buck guy, basically all the Wisconsin sports. So I, I didn't even really have a, have a chance to try for something else. I was just like, yeah, these are the teams I like. Um, I always enjoyed watching games with him growing up. It was, you know, probably, probably one of my favorite things I ever did. I, I do have to say I was, I was definitely more of a Badger basketball fan growing up for a lot of years than, than anything else. My dad would, talk about stories. Uh, he always t- told this weird, crazy story about how he was drafted by the Bucks growing up, uh, which was just patently untrue, especially <laughs> as we grew older and I saw his jump shot. I mean, it was solid, but it's not <laughs> like he, you know, he wasn't drafted by the Bucks. That's all yeah. I'll say, you know, okay. they weren't like, they weren't scouting rural Oregon, Wisconsin, checking <laughs> to make sure his high school tape was solid. But, um, you know, I, I, I think it, there was just always the part of it was, I think the locality to, Wisconsin. My a lot of my mom's family went to Wisconsin. Um, the university, sorry, University of Wisconsin Madison, I should say, because we do have a lot of listeners there. I'm so used to saying that now out here. But um, so we were just like huge Badger fans. I always liked college basketball. Um, pro basketball was just like not a thing I was hugely into. Part of that was we just didn't watch it as much with my dad. Um, and a lot of those games were on cable, which I didn't have cable for a lot of my life growing up. I didn't have it until I was in like fourth or fifth grade. So like. Getting Fox Sports Wisconsin was a, a revelation for me. Um, I was super excited about that. But so most of my life, I was more of a Badger basketball fan. Obviously, we hopped on when the Bucks were in the 0-1 playoff run, like super excited about that. Anytime they did make the playoffs, I was super excited about it. But, you know, in terms of the the rooting interest of my fandom and where it started everything, I'm really just a huge homer. Uh, that's about <laughs> it. Like there's, I wish there was a better story behind it, but that's yeah. kind of the, the roots of my fandom. Yeah. Did you guys ever really go to games like every once in a while? I mean, I don't know how far, if you're 30 minutes South of Madison, probably like an hour, hour and a half ish drive to Milwaukee. Did you guys ever go to, you know, Bucks games, Brewers games, things like that over in Milwaukee? We went to Brewers games, usually like once a year we would go during the summer Bucks games. I think I went, we went once with like a bunch of my buddies, like the school was offering something. It was like a bunch of my buddies, a bunch of their dads who like really, I don't think probably interacted very often at all. And is like a weird thing, I guess that I'm going to have to do as an eventual dad that yeah, just go yeah. out with other dads that I barely talked to. <laughs> um, but yeah, like we all went together. It was a really fun time, but other than that, we didn't really go to Bucks games very often. It's kind of mm-hmm. hard to swing. I feel like as a parent, if you're not within like, the Milwaukee area itself. But I mean, obviously there's lots of fanatics who will do it. We just weren't, I think we weren't like diehard enough fans back then to go. 
Yeah, especially with compared to Brewers games, like on the total opposite. And as you said, everything up in Madison, where it's like there's already like a tailgate culture, there's everything going on there. Whereas for the most part, it's the dead winter, and you're like, God, this is <laughs> this is awful being downtown right now. And you're walking into the mecca that is the Bradley Center. Like, I'm glad we drove all the way here to come to the Bradley Center. So <laughs> I get the uh, I get the not reticence per se, but it's definitely not necessarily the top of the list, especially when all the 2000 teams weren't exactly great. But I think, you know, what would be interested is, okay, so you have, you're a homer. It's good. That's, mm. that's a good quality to have for somebody who works for, you know, a SB Nation site. How was it that, or what was the path that led you to either think about writing for the, uh, about the Bucks? Um, what made you turn on to Brew Hoop in particular? Like, what, what was your path just even starting with the site? Like, you know, did you get to contact Frank Madden? I know the, it's like uh, back in the day, that was like the rite of passage if you had, you know, you had to share a blood pact with Frank to be able to get on the staff. Or that, what did it look like for you to become part of your group? Yeah, so I, I would say my my interest in the Bucks certainly started percolating more around the, the Fear of the Deer season. And then when I got into, I was like a huge sports talk radio guy. I mean, and I'd listen to it. I was like weirdly fanatic about it. I mostly listened to like Madison shows where they really wouldn't have very insightful conversations at all about the Bucks. But, you know, it's whatever. Um, but... Uh, so my interest started growing a lot more, I would say, in college. I was just reading a lot more about NBA basketball in general. Um, I mean, I think like a lot of people, I read a lot of Zach Lowe's stuff, and his his stuff made basketball feel a lot more approachable, uh, including advanced stats in ways I hadn't really considered before. Um, so, you know, that just kind of helped grow my evolution into, like, understanding what the game even was and then sort of applying those that interest in wanting to learn more about basketball itself, just sort of implied that to the the micro level of cheering on the bucks, um, finding out what sites were even writing about, about, about the bucks. I, I wouldn't, I was certainly wasn't like an OG brew hoop guy. Um, but when I, as soon as I found out about it, I, I certainly, I was checking basically after every game I would like go on. And when I wasn't paying attention to like whatever college class I was in after the, the day after a game, I'd read the recap on basketball. I'd read the recap on um, brew hoop. So like those were, that was really where like my interest in, in bucks blogging and, and that kind of basketball um, writing and everything grew. And I think like a lot of people, you kind of grow which is weird now, but like you grow a reverence for the people who are writing on these sites, especially when you have like no direct interaction with them or anything. And I, I'm not, I'm not like a volume, certainly not a volume tweeter. Uh, anyone who follows me happens to know that. Um, but I've never been like, I'm never really a guy who would even stick up in the comments very much or like throw my thoughts out there. I would kind of like read these, you know, read the articles and be like, Oh, this is gospel. And like, Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. I did certainly didn't notice this from last night's game. Oh, you know, um, basketball gave uh, Johnny O'Brien a C minus for last night's <laughs> performance. That's solid. Oh, here's a tidbit from Frank. I certainly didn't notice. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that. That's I kind of you know followed those sites for almost throughout college, and then I was I, I graduated, and I was I was writing about like video games for all of college. So I was like I had a weekly column in my um, in the Daily Cardinal at UW Madison. Shout out. Um, but then, uh, I just kind of soured on that after some, some poor experiences. And I started just blogging from on my own on like a random site, just about, uh, just about buck stuff. I just like started just blogging, you know, randomly in a coffee shop one afternoon. And I knew, 
my brother's friend, Brett Abramchik, who wrote for Brew Hoop um, for a little while there. Uh, I knew he was like sort of in the fold or whatever. And I just started blogging. And then, um, you don't know, one day Frank like retweeted uh, my blog or whatever. And then you're like, I made it. This is it. This is Apex <laughs> Mountain. It goes it goes downhill from here. I was like, I, I mean, it, it is true. It did go downhill from there. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he like retweeted at some point. He reached out. You kind of get touched, you know, touched by mm-hmm. the, the, the blog father, Frank, and you kind of get brought into the fold eventually, um, which was very cool. And it sort of it coincided with me moving out to Philadelphia, actually, from Madison. Um, I started writing more for Brew Hoop right around, I think, when I moved out here, um, which was nice because I I didn't have a job for one, so it was uh, <laughs> very good to take my mind off of off of the applications and all that kind of stuff where I was getting rejected for everything. Um, so I was able to just write as much as I wanted. They were really, you know, awesome about letting me write whatever I wanted, and then. Um, you know, from there, it was just like really serendipitous that, that Frank happened to be, um, you know, uh, on, on the way out. And he thought that I could potentially be a, an able steward alongside Mitchell of the, of the thing that he created. Um, so and I, I'm very, very grateful for him to him for that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's, that's the story is pretty similar to mine where I had, started doing my own blogger because there's almost, and I'm sure a lot of people who comment even today are like, have been reading the site for a long time. You, you read all these things and you, you know, you're having conversations in the comments and everything, but you begin to almost feel like, well, I, I want to write my own stuff in addition to all this. So I had like my own cruddy bucks blog or whatever. And I think I, I emailed Frank once and I was like, Hey, would you guys mind if I like, and wherever use you guys as a source or like did this, whatever, um, you know, like one of the, one of your guys' story on my site, um, and he was like, yeah, that's cool, whatever. Um, and then a couple, I don't know, a couple weeks later, I think he reached out. I was like, Hey, do you have like any interest in being, I was like, what? Like, are you serious? <laughs> and I think, uh, when I first started out, I was just doing like the post games or whatever, like trying to not just, I was so nervous. The first post I'm like, I'm going to just, this is going to be it. I'm going to be the one that broke brew hoop. I just totally <laughs> having no clue what I'm writing about. But like, I had a similar experience with Frank and everybody there where it was very, welcoming very like supportive instructive about what exactly they do and what they're looking for for the most part and then again letting you kind of do whatever you want in between so i think that's a pretty similar experience for anybody who's ever talked with frank or anybody on the staff um and i I think that kind of leads me into now that you're at your position today i mean you and mitchell i mean credit to you guys the amount of stuff that you both put out i mean obviously right now it's a little bit different because the world is on pause from a pandemic but you know when the season is in the amount of work that you guys put in the different stories put out like yes there's the rest of the staff to help out but you know i think a lot of it falls on your guys' shoulders because of your position and what i'm curious about is you know let's let's just start with games right what did what is it like what one what does your situation look like do you have it up on the tv do you have to are you forced to go to the laptop by the wife like what's your situation there and then two when you're watching a game i think it's interesting thinking about what is everybody's points of emphasis so how are you watching it are you watching it primarily play to play are you kind of watching for highlights and then you know, keeping the box score open and keeping that. And so like when you're doing either a rapid setting up for the next day, you know, the, the post game for the next day, what is it exactly that that process looks like for you? Yeah. So I would say my game watching has become uh, less 
I don't want to say dedicated, but like, so when I, I was like you when that, when I first started at brew hoop, I was like, okay, I better not screw this up. If I do, <laughs> I'm going to get called out. I'm definitely going to get fired, which like now that I'm in the position I'm in, I'm like, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Dear God. Uh, please don't. I'm mostly, I'm like, please don't leave us. Uh, <laughs> but you know, like back, back when I was first starting, I would be like, I'd, I'd have my laptop open. I'd have my tiny TV next to me on my desk. And I would be like taking copious notes. Um, Cause originally when, when I was first starting, it would be like, I'd have a long recap of like quarter to quarter. Like they might even be like a whole paragraph with like mm -hmm. individual plays peppered throughout. And then a whole list of, of, of bonus stuff um, in there too, before we started separating out the recaps. Um, so I would be like headphones locked in. I have the box score open you know, I have the advanced web score thing or whatever that opens up the advanced stats or whatever on ESPN's plus minus yeah. um, to go along with the game. Now I'm a little more lax uh, trying to like give my wife some actual attention given she has to like, you know, go through basketball 82 times a year <laughs> or whatever. So, so now my usual setup is if I'm recapping a game, I'll have, if I'm, if I'm doing like the extended recap, I absolutely, I'll have it on the big TV because I want to take, take notes and everything. The rapid one is a little less rigorous. So we have, um, we have a, like a large sort of cabinet or whatever. I think a lot, of, like, it's like a, basically like a, you know, a stand, like everyone has it's a TV stand, you know, there's little pockets in it. So we have a large TV on top. And then I have this like 19 inch rinky dink, beautiful insignia. I got as a high school graduation gift. Um, that I stuff in a tiny little cupboard in there and you just open it up. Like when, when it's time, for, when it's time for like the wife gets the big TV. All right, well, I can, I can just flick the bucks yeah, yeah, yeah. TV yeah. down there. Um, those are for the nights where I, I don't get to watch as rigorously, but so usually I'll have the game on the big TV. Uh, and my process is always like I have Twitter open. Um, I have cleaning the glass advanced box score open. I have ESPN advanced plus minus box score open so I can check all that. And then I'll have my, um, you know, obviously have my editor on, on, on one side where I can make notes. And usually uh, I, I would say when I, when I'm watching a game, most of the time, like if I'm doing the extended, I, I'm really looking for like flashes of, uh, of plays that really stick out in my minds. Ones that seem like inventive ones that seem like, um, something a player that either like encapsulates what a player did that night or encapsulates what I think of as, uh, you know, embolizing what that player is about or breaking from like pre existing ideas of what we have about that player. Like, for example, you know, uh, early in the season, you're kind of, I was kind of looking at the fact that Dante DiVincenzo, you know, can he drive? Like, I, I sort of went in thinking, can he really drive to the basket? Can he really create off the dribble? When you see plays that sort of exemplify the fact that he can do that, you want to point that stuff out. Um, you know, I would say sometimes it's to uh, my detriment that those stick out so much in my mind because it's so much harder to then illustrate to readers like, oh, well, here was also the play where he drove and like got miserably destroyed mm -hmm. with the basket. Um, but I try and do some of that too. You know, if you have like a really beautiful sequence where someone still misses a shot, but you have a, a wonderful passing sequence, um, I'll do that. So a lot of times for me, it's, it's looking at individual plays, seeing how those might sort of uh, fit within the, the macro level observations I have, which is where I really rely on the box score. You know, it's like, okay, well, the Bucks got, usually this doesn't happen, but like, you know, the Bucks got 
let's say it's like Jason Kidd era, and it's like, all right, well, they barely def- got any defensive rebounds tonight. This was pretty clear. Here's a great example of where this just like did not work at all. Um, and you know, uh, Paul Gasol got like four offensive rebounds against them in a really pivotal moment. John Henson just couldn't go to work against him. Um, all that kind of stuff. So for me, it's a lot of like I'll mark a play hope someone then will go on and share it on Twitter if it's one that I think is really worth it. Otherwise, I'll just have to rely on my own descriptive abilities to do it. So I would say usually I do the macro level observations are a little more stat based. And then sort of the minute observations, I, I sort of look for the play to play examples that I could share for people. Okay. And I think kind of following on to that, obviously, there's all the gamers that we have to do. You know, there's another large portion of what the site is all about, which is the kind of not offbeat per se, but the irregular, like not in the flow of game to game, bigger examinations about larger statistical trends or however you want to go about it. So when you're thinking about, you know, topics that interest you, is it just simply you're combining those things, the observations you're making in the game, and you start thinking, like you said, with the Dante drive, do you start thinking about something like that and say, well, maybe this is something I might be interested in going further? How do you kind of go about, or you just kind of wait for like a eureka moment, like this topic sounds somewhat interesting and is relevant to what's happening right now in the season? So I'd say it's a, it's a couple things. Um, I would say when I, when I first started out, I, I was, I was more rigorous with this. I, I have not been doing it enough lately. Uh, I, I wish I would do it more, but um, I I've spent an ungodly amount of time in NBA.com slash staff looking at just absolutely the most asinine stuff. <laughs> um, but so, so sometimes with, so for example, like with the Dante thing, it's like, okay, he's been driving to the basket more this year. Is that like, I wonder how he, and I'm like anecdotally, I, it's really a lot of like, for me, the stuff that I got to go deep on is a lot of like, okay, I have this anecdotal thought. He's been driving to the basket. feels like he's been doing a better job of making baskets at the rim lately. Do the stats back that up. I go on, I go on to, you know, NBA.com slash stats. I go on to clean the glass. Uh, and my assumption might be proven wrong or, you know, proven right. And if it's proven right, I might want to dive into that a little bit more, find a little bit more of the tape. Um, so for me, there are some of those individual things. A lot of time it comes from like my anecdotal assumptions and what I think about the team. Uh, and it's sometimes more interesting if I'm wrong, to be honest, cause I'm like, all right, well, I'm stupid. Obviously I don't really know how to watch basketball. Uh, and that's, that's helpful in that regard. I couldn't quite tell they were taking threes. I didn't, I guess I didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's certainly stuff like that. Um, but so I think a lot of it burbles up from that. And a lot of it might just come from me like going on and seeing maybe I'll see like, so a lot of times, sometimes I, I kind of like lately I've been liking doing a little more like historical context stuff. So like I bucks obviously have a really good defense this year. That's uh, not rocket science. Everyone knows that, but like how good is the defense really? Um, and then just kind of looking back and seeing the, the, the difference between this bucks team versus like really strong defenses in the past um, or like looking at the bucks net rating that they have last year um, and seeing how that compares to historical other teams that maybe didn't make it into the finals or did make it into the finals. Um, I found that to be kind of interesting lately. Cause I think, uh, uh, I don't know when we're getting into this sort of rarefied air of find, trying to find historical analogs for teams that did really well. And obviously we want to find um, 
it, sometimes those stats get to be really gnarly and it's like, Hey, here's all this, all these, this team won seven games in a row by 13 points uh, and two players. And they were wearing red the entire time. Like, yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Guess what? But all seven of them went on to win the title. What will yeah. the Bucks do? Yeah, 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 yeah. So you can always find that kind of stuff, but I, I try and do like ones that seem w- relatively within within reason. And I'm always looking for the teams that wound up not making it or not winning the title because we're Bucks fans and it's yeah. that way. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'd, I'd say lately I've, I've kind of been interested in finding the historical analogs, but otherwise it's sometimes just a product of me being like, all right, this stat looks kind of weird. What, yeah. what the hell is going on? Yeah. I think kind of following on to that then, it, looking back, and this is kind of a tough question to answer on the spot, but is there anything either with brew hoop or when you're independently blogging or I mean, it doesn't even have to even be basketball related necessarily, but is there something that you've written that you would say you're like most proud of, or like you put a lot of work into and you thought really like drove home a point or you thought was really interesting. Is there something that jumps out to mind? I mean, obviously Giannis, which bird would he be talking to the professors <laughs> that that comes to my mind immediately? Cause you know, I don't even, is that pinned on your uh, Twitter? I can't remember. It, yeah. Easy. Yeah, it is. It's pretty easy to find. But so is there some sort of story that you've done or, you know, something that you've helped, you know, even maybe you didn't even publish it, but help along that you're really proud of either this site or elsewhere doing? Oh, let's see. Um, I mean, obviously the podcast, you know, let's say let's put off to the side because right. obviously that's a huge accomplishment. Everybody, <laughs> everybody would say that immediately. But uh, let's see. In terms of stuff I've done. um I did a stu- I did something really early on about like Chris Middleton. I think taking shots. I think in the clutch. I like that. That was like a pretty early piece um, that I that I did really early on in Brew Hoop. I liked that. Uh, the bird one was really interesting, if only because I got really ridiculous people, like ridiculously high level professors mm-hmm. and ornithology professors, to talk to me about it and even like give me the time of day, which was crazy. Um, other than that, I I don't think I did it last year, but I always kind of enjoyed. Um, I think I wrote about it. I probably used the cliche um, process results line that Eden's did that I feel like I, now we have to we should absolutely ban from ever being mm-hmm. on group again. Mm-hmm. But um, I I used to really like I I would write like cappers at the end of a season, so you know the Bucks obviously lose. I don't think I did last year, but the last the couple years before that, like they're making the playoffs out in the first round. You know, I always thought it was interesting to go in that point. Like you want to lay, like uh, you go in the next morning, you're like, okay, everything's really raw right now. This is probably, this is like an important thing I think to have emotionally, like try and give a little hindsight on the season, but also like, this is a retrospective. You go back and look, this is how I would say I am feeling as a Bucks fan exactly right now, uh, immediately after having uh, being eliminated. And a lot of times it's like, well, to be honest, we need to hold everyone to a higher standard. Like this is not going to be good enough. If we really want to get out of the dregs of, of what we've been doing, um, then we need to go, you know, we need to improve ourselves. So I would say I have like cappers on the two seasons before last year um, that I liked. And maybe I'll, I'll dredge those up and, and tweet actually to promote this. Yeah. And I think compared to those previous two seasons and seasons before the difficulty with doing it last season, would have was so, <laughs> so goddamn brutal the way that it went down and like, what do you even say besides, wow, that was really brutal. I can't believe that just happens. We were right there. Like there's not much in the way to really discuss past the fact that it was awful to, to watch and live through and experience for that to be the end of the season as well. So Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was quite, quite terrible. 
This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Yeah, well, now we got a pandemic ending this one, so at least we, now it's a slower rolling pain that we're dealing with than the immediate six-game one. Uh, and then kind of switching gears from what you've done in the past, um, talking a little bit more about the future. If you, so that's the scenario, right? You have unlimited time, resources, and interest in whatever topic you're working on, because sometimes working on either a series or articles, the difficulty is like keeping interest on that specific topic. Is there one particular thing about either this team, you know, you said about looking at the historical comparisons, is there some topic that you think if you had as much time as you wanted to tackle, you would like to tackle? Like it could be off the wall, it could be whatever about the team, if there's some theme that you're interested in. Um. You know, one thing I was really looking forward to do doing is, um, I don't know, I do a lot of, st- I've done a lot of step-based stuff. I feel like I, I usually, a lot of my longer pieces will lean towards step-based stuff, maybe probably even too much. So I got like, you know, I'll get like, it'll sound like gobbledygook to a lot of people when they're like on like the fourth advanced stat and net rating versus offensive efficiency versus, you know, steal percentage. Um, one thing I was really hoping to do was it just like create sort of a playoff um I was like really looking forward to doing it for this year. It's like, just like after each game, try and create like a playoff, almost like a, like a, like a journal kind of, you know, mm-hmm. just like really having like, like this is what a columnist would do. Like they would write about what their feelings are after this game. And like, just having like a live chronicle of what it was like going through this team that obviously has incredibly high aspirations is at an incredible fulcrum in its history. Given, I would say last year we were able to sort of, we're playing with a little bit with house money, given the fact that it was our first year of insane success. Mm-hmm. They the expectations level on us. We didn't have to deal. We have to deal with some of it, but we didn't have to deal with quite as much of the uh, looming specter of Giannis's contract extension. Yeah. We didn't have to deal with the bitter pill of disappointment uh, and all that kind of stuff. So I was, I was really interested in seeing how this team responded to a playoff run the year after they wreaked havoc in the regular season. Everyone basically is like, yeah, they're, they're good, but like, I don't know if they really should be the favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was really interested in seeing that and even being able to sort of show that progression of like, presumably they run rough shot over their first round team. Mm-hmm. We'll see what they do in the second round, but it's like, they're still not going to face a whole lot of opposition in my mind until they got to definitely the second round, maybe the conference finals and then obviously the finals. So I, I was like, I was very interested in doing that and trying to have, um, if nothing else, I liked having these sort of, 
telling myself, okay, you have to repetitively keep coming up with new ways to approach this. That's one of the things I appreciate about your um, Monday morning media roundup thing so much is that like, you're like, okay, I know every Monday I have to do something new. I have to do something to help keep people engaged. Um, and it's something I missed about in college is I have just having a weekly, like knowing you have a weekly obligation to write something, yeah. it keeps your mind sort of churning and having to find new ways to do stuff. And I think that's how you really produce the best results. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and I, I think one more site-specific question before we kind of move on to more generic stuff. Um, do you have, and maybe this is like too, too uh, behind the curtain with you and Mitchell, but I don't know if you have any sort of like aspirations for the site or aspirations for yourself with the site, or is it kind of, you know, when you got to this position and the way that these past seasons have gone or as you're going through, is it just kind of, you know, keeping on, keeping on, doing what you're doing, kind of looking again for like different ideas like that? Like, what do you have a longer term vision that you have? Or is it just kind of, you know, as it can be for a lot of people, I think a lot of the other bloggers would say the same, or a lot of other sports writers would say, once you're in the grind of the season, it kind of takes on a life of its own. So I don't know if you have anything along those lines. If not, no big deal, obviously. Wow. So we're, yeah, we are really peeling, peeling back the curtain. I mean, uh, obviously, you know, again, this, these are obvious internet domination, you know, you know <laughs> making our enemies weep, things sort of like that. Those are obvious, but I don't know if there's anything else that I jumped at. This is more of a specific one for you because I'm not going to be able to ask Kyle, like, Kyle, what, are, what what do you plan for the site here for the next coming years? So I don't know if you, if you had something along those lines, if not again. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I can be pretty candid about this. I mean, like I, I, I would say, I, I don't really ever have I have found myself doing huge long-term aspirations for the site. I would like to say that I I, I have or or could. Um, I find myself having trouble dedicating a, a lot of time time to that that sort of specific element, especially when we're in the grind of the season. Yeah. Um, but I'm also very cognizant of like the, the I hope people recognize this, but like we're very cognizant of what Brew Hoop has been mm -hmm. um, and we would like it to continue to be what it was like i feel a great debt of gratitude to frank madden and what he built and and trying to continue what he built um and just knowing i mean i've seen I'm, i've always been a fan of sports media i've been a fan of other media sites like i've seen it i know what it's like when a site is like under you know it has all these old people that you like yeah. they kind of move on there's obviously new leadership and it it morphs into a different thing like i, I i'm not oblivious to the fact that brew hoop is clearly different than what it was under Frank Madden, um, you know, and I, and I hope it's, I hope it's, you know, people still enjoy it. Maybe it's not exactly the same, but hopefully we're offering, you know, the same, some level of, of, of interest to readers, whether it's, you know, it's trying to be, you know, humorous, whether it's trying to still bring sort of the advanced stats into it, you know, breaking down the film room. I, I would say we never, you know, Brian has been awesome with that, adding the, the film room element of it. That's just something that I never really have been able to sink my teeth into enough. Um, Mitchell's been great at like getting up to speed on the, on the cap stuff. That was something I was kind of into a couple of years ago, but fell off. So he's been awesome, yeah. um, picking up some of the slack there. So, um, you know, really the thing is the thing that makes brew hoop brew hoop is that it has some really dedicated people. Um, you guys know who you are, uh, you know, in the comments who keep it what it is and have been around forever. Um, and I think that's really going to be. And then there's, you know, it still allows for new people to join in. So for me, really just like trying to continue the legacy that Frank built of like having a place where new Bucks fans can come in. You can learn a lot of interesting stuff. I mean, that's how I first got started. You know, I, I try and think of um, that college kid who was me, who's like, oh man, I'm a huge Bucks fan now. 
oh, there's a site dedicated, literally dedicated to writing about the Bucks all the time. And so I try and think, I try and have that perspective and know there are people out there who are coming to it new while also satisfying some of the people who have been around for a while. And I think that's the best part about Brew Hoop is people, there's always people who are willing to have a conversation with you uh, and engage with you. So hopefully just kind of continuing that that ethos and ecosystem while still trying to give people enough insightful analysis that they'll, they'll be able to look beyond the, the box score or what the national people are offering. Pretty good answer. Not bad for being put on the spot like that. <laughs> so now that we've talked a little bit about Brew Hoop itself, there might, I mean, it might come up here in a couple more questions, but a little bit more generic stuff before we wrap up at the end here. Um, first off, why do you think about the NBA? Is there one thing, one rule change, one off the court change, anything about the NBA that you would like to change? Is there a pet like project of yours that you like, if you were made commissioner tomorrow, this is what you would do? Oh God, let's see. What would I change about the NBA? Well, um, hmm. I think, uh, let's see. Do you think it's lame that over 50% of the league gets into the playoffs or do you not care about that? I don't care about that, man. Me That's going to be us again <laughs> yeah, soon. Enough. You know, like before we know it, we're going to be, <laughs> we're, we're going to be back in those herb cold days. Like, yeah, yeah. Those were great. Nothing quite like uh, <laughs> fighting, fighting, fighting for, for the eight seed. seed. Yeah, it's great. I, um, you know, one one thing that I know it drives. I, I don't even know how you would how you would really change this rule, but like the looming, the and uh, all about all about freedom of press. They should say whatever they say, but the the sort of looming specter of someone leaving or like a contract situation changing. Um, Obviously, it's very cognizant to us now, but it's just never something I really care about. I just don't need to hear about it during the whole freaking basketball season. It's just like never been a narrative that really like it intrigues itself. Like, is it has been intriguing to me? Certainly, it's interesting when people move in free agency. I really don't mind it around then because that is the time for those sorts of narratives. But I just I, I have a lot of trouble with that stuff throughout the whole year. So if there if there was any way to just like. I don't know, really know how you shut that down, mm -hmm. but if there is, maybe if it's even like, you know, I have no idea how you shut that down. Yeah. To be honest, I have no, I don't think you can, but yeah. it, it, that's just one of my biggest pet peeves with the league uh, is, is the perpetuation of all of those, those rumors and, and stuff. And obviously it's probably more personal and hitting me right now, hitting us right now as Bucks fans. But um, I don't know. It, it lessens my enjoyment of, uh, of the game. And I, I just don't really care about it. So are you saying that the the vulture talk segment every week is not nearly all that welcome or I love the vulture talk segment <laughs> because because it's obviously taking uh, a, a satirical slant to it. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. so it's so it's doing it in, in an informed, intelligent way. It's sort of the mad magazine of uh, <laughs> you you know uh, uh, of rumors and yeah. and that kind of stuff. So I don't know how you stop that. Um, can't really say. Uh, you know, block the first, first, yeah, yeah. first amendment. <laughs> We're not talking about contract status anymore. We're just not. Uh, but yeah, that's, I would say that's my biggest pet peeve. So if, uh, if I was commissioner, I guess I'd have to plot some crazy way to stop that. So, yeah, I think it's, it can be so tires. I mean, again, this is, it's slightly different, but even viewing it from the outside for like other teams is like, at a certain point, it's like, do we need to talk about Anthony Davis every hour upon the hour, really? Or like, you know, I think uh, Giannis's girlfriend uh, tweeted, I don't know, like a couple hours ago or something about somebody else's friend 
being drafted by the Bears are like, oh, I can't wait for Liam, their son, and their niece or whatever to grow up together. And so it was like, that's guaranteed. Look at <laughs> right now, Giannis is staying. It's like, it's just tiresome how much you have to read into like eight to, you know, 30 some odd layers beneath the surface to figure out what's really happening, which can be, it detracts a lot away from any other discussion that's going. It kind of sucks the air out of the room. Agreed. And that's not to say I don't like stories about like, you know, players throwing soup in other coaches' faces. Like, that stuff is gold. We need yeah. that. Um, but just that specific narrative I, I find tiresome. Yeah. Um, what is it like being a fan of the Bucks on the East Coast? Uh, now, obviously, it's you know even more, not different necessarily, but even more so for you being in Philadelphia. You know, I think it's a rivalry that went back, you know, a couple of dates, decades ago. Then the Bucks sucked for forever, so it wasn't nearly as much. But I would still say, you know, for me personally, and I think – depends on the fan, but they're probably the team that I would say is right now the Bucks' biggest rivals or the one that I would like them to beat most often. So what is it like functionally, uh, you know, like your day, not even day-to-day living, it makes it seem like you have a patch. I'm like, I'm a Bucks fan, but like, do you run into Bucks fans? Is it difficult trying to do the East Coast time? I mean, obviously a, a road trip makes that impossible, but what is it like being a Bucks fan in Philly? Yeah, uh, I mean the time zone difference is awful for West Coast games. I've grown, <laughs> I've grown to appreciate it for for regular games because I can like I don't know I I just do everything later out here so I can kind of finish up like a whole night of of cooking dinner or whatever and then yeah. get it all done. But it, I would say one of the benefit of being a, a Bucks fan and having them not be that good for a long time and then lucking into one of the most likable players uh, in the NBA is that even Sixers fans don't really like hate me they don't they don't even really hold a lot of animosity like they they hate other east coast teams mm-hmm. and the cowboys so much out here <laughs> that there's like there i don't i don't think there's more room in their heart to really hold a lot of hatred towards us it, unless we would beat them directly then they might be mad um but i would say it's pretty easy going because a lot of even te- even like other people i meet out here or, or fans of other teams are like oh you're a fan of the bucks that's cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they're never like, oh, God, screw you guys. You, you destroyed our hopes and dreams. It's like there's no way we could have even done that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's no there... animosity to go back for. No, no. So uh, from that perspective, it, it's pretty easy. Uh, I don't meet a lot of Bucks fans out here, but I, I see some people in Giannis uh, jerseys or whatever. Um, but I, I don't meet a whole lot of them. Thankfully, like one of my best friends moved out here so him and I can watch the Bucks. But yeah. Yeah. Do you have you ever gotten in any sort of even playful confrontation at uh, Wells Fargo? Is it Wells Fargo Center, Wells, Wells Fargo Arena? Well, Wells Fargo Arena, yes. Yeah. Have you ever had a uh, throwdown, a, a verbal sparring match with Sixers fans when you rip off your shirt and reveal the giant buck tattoo on your chest? Or? <laughs> uh, hasn't been. I would say it hasn't been too bad. I mean, the last time we went, when we were like when I was shouting about Zaire Smith and you know, <laughs> some of those things that I say were a little off color and like yeah. screaming about Giannis dunking in their face. Mm-hmm. I could sit, I could tell some people were a little annoyed telling me to sit down. Um, I went to, I think I went to a game once with my wife where some guy told us he's, he's like shouting, you suck, you suck, fuck <laughs> suck, which is good. Like that's just, it's, or he said like, you guys suck poop or something. I don't yeah, know. It was yeah. something, it was yeah. a very informed Philly take. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But other than that, they, they've they've actually been pretty good. Um, I remember I went around actually early on. I went around and like talked to, like interviewed like seven random Sixers fans for a piece I wanted. To, I think I wrote on Brew Hoop at some mm-hmm. point about recollections from the 01 uh, conference finals. <laughs> 
they were all pretty nice about it. Yeah, so. I'm sure they would because they ended up getting uh, they weren't yes. on the short desk. Yeah, yeah. Um, so one more thing. So I, I think one of the funniest things, and probably people don't think about it a lot when they're thinking about us us bloggers over at Brew Hoop. Um, what does your your wife, your family, whoever you your friends, what do they think about what you do for the blog? Do they think it's you know, like, uh, not necessarily a waste of time, but like, do they, I know your father is obviously a, a dedicated podcast listener. I'm Mr. Paris. Uh, but I don't know if, if anybody else like thinks anything about it at all, or is it just kind of a fact of life at this point? I don't know if you get this. A lot of times I will get uh, a question like, Oh, wait, are you still writing for the bucks? And I'm mm-hmm. like, for the bucks. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's, it's just so much easier not to explain anything <laughs> yeah, beyond yeah. that. Uh, I mean, it's just, it, it couldn't be further from the truth, which is hard. Uh, but it, I do get that question a lot. I don't really, I honestly, I don't really even talk about it that much with, with yeah. many people. I do it very like quietly on the background. I don't even really talk about it with my friends very much. Like there's no <laughs> way they read me. Like there's no way they're going to the site either. Yeah, they're yeah, like, yeah. they're, they have enough of me in real life. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's most of the time it's relegated to like. My wife might mention it in passing conversation, um, or I'll get the question, literally the question: Are are you still writing for the Bucks? Are you still doing that Bucks <laughs> blog thing? And then people also don't really like. If you say Bucks blog, it's fine, um, mm-hmm. and I'm not like, I mean, group is, is great or whatever, but like. Yeah. I'm sure they all think it's like a live journal that I'm just like writing on on my own. It's like no one is even looking at. Uh, which you got like this this Unabomber side to you. That's like yeah. <laughs> you shut up and you're like he's just he's writing away about the Bucks. That crazy Adam guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's so. That's kind of how I, how I feel. All right. Uh, here's our rapid fire section before we wrap up here. So, mm. have you ever called into a sports radio show? Uh, that could be about the books. It'd be about whatever. Have you ever called into a local sports talk radio program? I I regret to say that I have not. And it's and I've listened to. I swear to God, I've listened to so many. A lot of times, I would listen to them as podcasts. I have, however, gone to a live recording of a um, <laughs> of a radio show. I listened to uh, it was Lucas in the morning. Um, R.I.P. featuring Mike Lucas, who's one of the color commentators for the Wisconsin Badger basketball and football team. Um, I went to a live recording that they were doing where it was the patron Palooza and they did ask me um, about why, cause it was mostly dads there. They were like, why, you know, why do students, hey, young not- man, young man, why are you here? Why do students not go into the Wisconsin games on time? And I was like, I think I gave some really crappy, corny answer. Mm-hmm. That was good for you. I was like, well, we're drinking orange juice. Start yeah. fishing up our appetite <laughs> for a while, you know? Uh, so that was like the only time I've interacted with a radio show. Okay. Have you ever unironically tweeted at a player? So as we discussed, your Twitter profile is a little <laughs> more muted than most, you would say, like that are part of the ubiquitous Bucks Twitter. But in your earliest days on the website, which is obviously, you know, a hell period for everybody who's on this website, did you ever unironically tweet at a player to like compliment, insult, <laughs> like whatever? Some You don't have to name a player, but have you ever done that? I have never tweeted... Oh, this is awful to say. I'm sure someone's going to look it up and be like, <laughs> screw you. You're wrong. Uh, I don't recall ever actually tweeting at a player. Um, I almost never tag people or players. Maybe I did back in the day, but I don't remember it. I do remember having like choice comments about Jason Kidd and not liking the hire um, for some of his uh, um, 
extracurricular problems. C- yeah, CD, his yeah. CD passed. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember not liking that very much. Uh, yeah. But I don't, I've never tweeted unironically at a player, I don't think. Okay. Uh, and then the final one, I think, you know, we've in the podcasts, me, you and Kyle, we've been doing historical Bucks teams. We've been going back. Um, do you have, and it's easy to say Giannis, but do you have a non-Giannis favorite player? Was there somebody that you either convinced or not even convinced, but you're like, I just really like this guy's game, even if he's not necessarily a huge fan favorite. I just, for whatever reason, I, and not like, not to insult anybody who has a XY player you know, season account on Twitter because every player has one of those accounts now, but was there somebody back in the day or even semi recently that you're like, I just really, I'm, I'm down with this player in particular. Hmm. Let's see. Um, you know, it wasn't even like all of what he did. I swear to God, it was just John. It was just John Henson's bounce passes. That's <laughs> literally it. Like it was just his bounce passes that I really liked. Um, it was just always freaking at the like the, the t- at the free throw line. He'd make a bounce pass to someone down low. Um, I always like that. I would say I've been thinking about writing a piece about this, but like Jabari Parker um, before the ACL injury, I feel like now he's like a he's like he who must not be named. Like we don't mm-hmm. even speak speak his name anymore. But it is kind of weird, isn't it? He was like the number two overall pick, and we don't. Nobody mentions that dude anyone around here. I mean, obviously, yeah. if he's on your team, that's one thing, but he's just never talked about. And I, I have to say, like, I, I, I think one of my favorite moments in Bucks fandom, may, maybe my favorite moment is like the um, the season uh, where they did the jersey reveal, the off season, like the day they're doing the jersey mm-hmm. reveal, yeah. and yeah. there's they take down the banner or whatever, and it shows Jabari leaning on Giannis's shoulder. In the amazing new threads, yeah, I remember losing my mind at that moment. Like it, <laughs> it seemed like the team was going to be so mm-hmm. freaking mm-hmm. awesome for so many years. Yeah. Um, and some of those early like Jabari dunks, like I think there was one game where Jabari and Giannis scored like the last twenty-seven points or something mm-hmm. to help lead the Bucks to victory. Um, I mean that dude. I know he was a sieve defensively. He had all of these issues. I think you play his you play his career out. A lot mm-hmm. of times, hopefully it doesn't go quite as poorly. Hopefully he figures out some, some defensive stuff. But, like, that dude was pretty awesome. His ability to, like, make little dribble moves in traffic, get between guys, and just explode off of, you know, one foot, two foot for dunks. Um, it was pretty awesome. And I, I remember right before he came back from his ACL, I was just, like, watching highlights of him. And I just – I could not wait for him to finally mm-hmm. uh, come back. So it – I think with hindsight, I, I've started to look back upon him with a little more reverence because Lord knows in the moment, yeah, his defensive stuff was awful. I, I couldn't stand it great. either. I get it. It wasn't great. Yeah. I, th- I think it's it's so difficult. I mean, you know, this is the era where you can get a torn ACL. And it's like, you know, it's not that it's not a big deal, but it's not nearly to the same extent as it was even like 10, 15 years ago. But, you know, I, I think it's difficult for us to understand, or even probably the players that were on the team with them, what it's like to tear your ACLs twice yeah. you have to go through not even just the rehabbing by yourself for the most part once, but do it for a second year in a row. Like, you know, and then, you know, Lord knows what that does. The defensive issues that, like you said, that is what it was, but, you know, I, I would be curious about a what if scenario, if he didn't have that happen, what, you know, does he become like the alpha dog somehow? He always seems like a kind of like a reticent guy. So maybe that wouldn't necessarily fit him like personality wise, but kind of seeing, like you said, if, things worked out and him and Giannis played as well together. Cause didn't Giannis, when he took the extension, he took, I mean, you know, 
whatever, why they did the discount the way they did, but wasn't it part of like, Oh, we'll help pay for Jabari down the road too, or something like that. Like that was, yeah, it was, so you could only like, you could only, you could only save one slot, I believe for like the designated player exception. Yeah. Uh, and so at least at that time, I think they only gave Giannis the four year cause you could only give a five year to one player. And so they yeah. were going to save it for Jabari. Um, which is too bad, but I mean, also like, I mean, clearly he was a very interesting cat. And so having to go through two rehabs, which seemed like maybe this was his preference, but like incredibly mentally isolating Mm -hmm. scenarios. uh, You know, I can't even imagine what that does to a dude mentally, you know, regardless of the physical issues. But I mean, the, the, the Gatorade commercial where he's like getting ready to come back. It was, it was awesome. I was losing my mind. It was really, it was really cool. So it's, it's really too bad what happened to him. Um, yeah. But man, that moment of hope when the, they revealed Jabari leaning on Giannis's shoulder was like one of my favorites. Like, this is it. We're going up. <laughs> yeah. And I turn it back. And it's still ended up working out eventually. Yeah. But not, not how we expected it. All right. Final two questions for you. These two yeah. are non basketball related. So, one, uh, I, I love getting a feel for people. What would you say your dream job would be? It could be now, it could be your dream job when you were a kid. Like, it, was there, is there something when I say that that jumps out? all things aside, all like earnings, whatever it is that you would love to do. Oh man. Um, I'm going to probably say you cannot be a pro basketball player. So let's yes, say it's yeah, within, okay. let's say within right, the with, realm of possibility. It can't be like my dad um, and pro basketball player. So yeah. let's see. Uh, I don't know. I really like, um, I've gotten into communications more. I run um, or I'm like a co-manager at a communications um for a communication shop at a nonprofit. Um, I found that to be uh, quite interesting. Um, a lot more so than I, than I thought it would be a lot more interested in sort of communications and marketing and, and that sort of minutia than I thought. So I'd be pretty interested to do that um, in a field that's, you know, also related to my interests. I think I would really like to be some sort of like communications manager um, partially at uh, like an agency or something like that. Uh, I, I really enjoy working on products, but I, projects, but I find myself burning out a little bit um, quickly doing the same thing over and over. So like the ability to jump from one thing to another would be something I'd like. So sounds super lame, um, but I've had sort of the huge dreams beaten out of me already, uh, which is which is fine. I love reality. Yeah, welcome to adulthood. Uh, okay, <laughs> final question then. Uh, what would you say your greatest uh, non-brew hoop related, so just personal accomplishment would be when you look back and you say this, this is something I'm really proud of that I did, I accomplished, you know, whatever, whatever would happen to be. Ooh, let's see. Um, this is gonna sound this is gonna sound weird, but uh, moving to Philadelphia was a big thing for me. Like just getting, you know, I I love my family, I love my love everything back in Wisconsin and everything, but uh, just per- like personally and, and professionally, I, I mean, I met my wife out here. Um, I had, did not ever imagine I would grow so much personally out here, let alone professionally. Um, it's uh, I mean, it sounds very sappy, but like when I look, when I eventually am old, I look back on my life, like this is probably going to be like the move out here will probably be the defining part of my entire life. So um, I'm pretty excited that I was, I was able to do it, come out here, um, with no job, kind of just find my way through whatever was going on out here, not really having any support groups or anything or any family and just uh, kind of trying to find my own way. It was, uh, yeah, probably definitely like the most meaningful experience I'll ever have in my life. So Wonderful. Well, I think that's a pretty good note to end it on. Is there anything else you wanted to reveal to the audience or do you think you've pretty much covered all the bases you want to hit? 
Yikes. This, I mean, this is as big of a tell-all as uh, I think anyone's <laughs> going to get. Brew yeah. exclusive. Yeah, yes, yeah. Look for the headlines on TMZ. You know, this, yeah. was, uh, this was fun. I appreciate you taking on the project. Uh, it's, I'm excited to hear from other people because Lord knows I know enough about myself. Well, I'll do my best to try and uncover some sort of dark secrets for them <laughs> as well. well thank you. I really appreciate the time, Adam. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back. I'm assuming we're going to be posting them every Monday. Uh, it, I think we got Kyle Carr on Doc for next. And uh, we'll see who comes out down the line. So uh, keep it tuned. Uh, as usual, find us on Um You can find my Monday Morning Media Roundup. We're still trying to figure out and survive through the <laughs> pandemic, social distance, everything. Need any other reminders? Listen to Kyle's rant from last week's episode. But until next week, we will see you guys later. <laughs>